Turn with me to the book of Ezekiel, again, chapter 18. Book of Ezekiel and chapter 18. We're dealing with the first point in this chapter, and that is individual responsibility or individual accountability. The theme at least of the first 20 verses is to set forth that great truth and let us be admonished thereby. One started out with the word of the Lord came unto again, saying. And that provoked our thoughts last week to spend our time last week on the inspired Word of God. These words that came to Ezekiel were not thoughts upon his mind, as a man thinks, but they were the words of God. So they were the inspired word of God to Ezekiel. And Ezekiel records it so that his brethren might know that they're not his words, they are the words of God, and so that you and I might know that these are the words of God. This whole book, which we call the Bible, is the word of God. It is the inspired word of God. It is his word, his instructions to us of what he wants us to know and how he wants us to behave, how he wants us to repent and trust in him, to trust in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the scarlet thread that runs through the Word of God from Genesis 1-1 through Revelation 22 in the last verse of the chapter. Tonight we move on down to verse 2. 
What mean ye? This is the word of the Lord saying to Ezekiel that he is to deliver to the captives there in Babylon. What mean ye that ye use this proverb concerning the land of Israel, saying, The fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. The point of this parable or this proverb, this short saying that had became become popular and had been repeated over and over again among the Jews. Ezekiel's day, Jeremiah proclaiming it to those yet in Jerusalem. Concerning the Jews, a proverb that they were using. The point of this is that children suffer because of their parents, because of their parents' sins, or could say because the children are punished for the sins of their parents. That is what this proverb is speaking, the meaning of the proverb. The fathers have eaten sour grapes. That is, the fathers have sinned, and the children's teeth are set on edge, or the children are smitten, because of the father's sins. In other words, they were blaming the four generations for their present distresses, for their their being captive, being exiled in Babylon and under Babylonian rule. Now, it is true. The former generations had sinned. And we've seen that in our studies of Israel and of Judah, that the former generations did sin. The former generations did turn away from God. The former generations did idolatrous worship before the world. But the Jews of Ezekiel's day and of Jeremiah's day are not being punished for what the former generations 
did, they are being punished for what they themselves were guilty of. They, by using this proverb, they were refusing to, to accept personal responsibility. They were refusing to be accountable for their own sins, for their own failures, for the evil which they did. And for their lack of repenting. They refused to repent. We've seen that oftentimes as we have looked at the book of Jeremiah, as we have looked at the book, 18, uh, 17 chapters in the book of Ezekiel, God's word to them through Ezekiel through Jeremiah and they refused to listen they refused to they refused to repent of their sins and turn to God see reminds us of the day and time in which we live And we can see people all around us. We can see the wicked all around us who, who refuse to take accountability for their own wrongdoing. But do you know and understand and realize that there are many sitting in our pews, in the pews of our church, Tonight, do the same thing as the Jews. They refuse to be held accountable, to be responsible for their own sins. Now, may have developed out of a misunderstanding, a misinterpretation of God's law. I don't really think so. I think it was just because they didn't want to be accountable. So they developed this proverb. This is what they said and this is what they thought. But it is a misunderstanding of God's law. Turn with me to the book of, of Exodus and let's read in the book of Exodus chapter 20 in verse 5 we read in verse 5 of chapter 20 thou shalt not bow down thyself to them that is to those images to those idols, nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity 
of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. It is a fact, it is a truth that the fathers do wrongly, the fathers do wickedly. And the children do likewise. To the third and fourth generation. Count that up, it's at least till the great great grandchildren. And possibly after the great great grandchildren, before it begins to relax itself. Turn with me to the book of Numbers. The book of Numbers in chapter 14. And we have more of the same, or at least similar to it. In verse 18 of Numbers chapter 14, the Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiven iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing or 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 <laughs> letting the guilty go free. By no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third generations. Those Fathers who've done wickedly, and then their children do wickedly, and then their children do wickedly, and then their children do wickedly. God is going to visit them. He's going to visit them in judgment. Turning over to the book of Deuteronomy, in chapter 7. Look with me at verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, who is keeping covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments a thousand generations, and repayeth them that hate him to their face to destroy them, he will not be slack to him that hateth him. He will repay him to his face. It doesn't matter whether it's the fathers, whether it's the children, whether it's their children, or whether it's their children. He is going to repay them to the face for their wickedness, for their evil. For the evil paths that they walk in. Now, in society, it is a fact that what one person does affects other people. 
They just can't get away from it. It, it affects other people. A fact which is, is clearly seen in all of humanity, in all of humanity's actions. Acts of love, care, benevolence, immoral behavior, drunkenness, Adultery, stealing, these all, whether, whether we perceive them to be good or whether they're bad, they have an effect. They have an effect upon society, they have an effect upon one another. as a father affects those that I love and the people gathered round about the things that you do as an individual affects those that you love and those that are gathered around about you. We can't escape that. We can't deny that. It goes even to a broader scope. It affects the communities in which we live. It affects, affects the country in which we live. And you don't have to look far in our land tonight to see that. God's judgment, however, does not fall upon the children for the sins of the parents. In other words, God doesn't punish your children for your sin. Nor does his judgment fall upon the parents for the sins of your children. Now, the sins of your children may affect you. But that's not God's judgment upon you. That's not God's eternal judgment upon you for the sins of your children. Your sins that you committed as a parent affect your children. Can't get away from that. It affects your children. But God does not punish them for sins. Turn with me to the 24th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy.
the 24th chapter. And look with me at verse 16 here. The fathers shall not be put to death for the children. That is, the fathers shall not be put to death for the children's wrongdoing. Neither shall the children be put to death for the fathers. Children will not be put to death because of their fathers' wrongdoings. Every man shall be put to death for his own sin. You see, you are accountable. No one else is accountable. You are accountable. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs. Chapter 9. And look with me at verse 12 here. Proverbs 9, 12. If thou be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself. But if thou scornest, thou alone shalt bear it. In other words, you're gonna bear, you're gonna bear the punishment. For your scorning. And if you're wise, you're wise for yourself. You're not wise. wise. Your children are not wise because you're wise. They might benefit from it. But they're not necessarily wise because you are wise. Turn with me to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 6. Read verses 4 and 5 of Galatians 6. But let every man prove his own work. Every man prove his own work. Then shall he have rejoicing himself alone and not in another. For every man, every man shall bear his own burden. Every man shall bear his own responsibility, his own accountability, his own judgment or blessing. If he's been a righteous man, if he's been a wicked man, he will bear his own judgment. I think I can find this in the book of Acts, in chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. I thought it was along about verse 30. 
Um, it says, but God, but God commandeth all men everywhere to repent. You see, every man is responsible to repent of his own sin. Brother Mike, you got it? No. Every man is responsible to repent of his own sin. Everywhere. Fathers can't repent for the sins of their children. And children can't repent for the sins of their fathers. They can only repent for their own sins. Parents' behavior influences their children. Children's behavior influences their parents. My behavior as my children were growing up in my home and the wrongdoing would say, witness me doing. It influenced them. And it influenced them to where that I see them doing the same things that I did When they were in my home, they're grown and they have children of their own, and I see them doing the same things that I did, it influences me today. And I grieve. I grieve because of those things. I grieve because I wasn't a better parent. Anyone who follows wickedness suffers God's judgment. Anyone. Fathers suffer God's judgment. Children who do wickedness suffer God's judgment. Those who Follow righteousness are blessed. They're blessed eternally. Those who follow wickedness suffer eternal death. Come with me to the book of Job. The book of Job in chapter 4. And we're going to be looking at verse 7. These are words of Eliaphaz. And so that should tell you everything. The words which Eliaphaz spoke, and he spoke in reference to Job's vindicating of himself 
as far as what he was suffering being because of sin, he had not sinned that brought that great trial into his life. And so these words that Eliphaz speaks, they are misspoken words as being applied to Job. But they are words of truth. Remember, I pray thee, whoever perished being innocent. Who did God ever condemn that was innocent? Well, no one. He doesn't condemn the innocent. Or, where were the righteous? Where were the righteous cut off? Is there ever such a case as a righteous man being cut off, being destroyed in God's wrath and judgment? Eternal. No. They are secure in the Lord. No. God punishes a generation of people for their own sins. Not for the sins of a previous generation, such as the Jews in Ezekiel and Jeremiah's day, the generation of Jews were being punished for their own iniquity, for their own sin, and turning away from God. As he said in chapter 17, playing the harlot, playing the whore. punish nations who follow after wickedness. But he will not punish the individual who truly trust in him and follow in the paths of righteousness. Take me to the book of Psalms. In chapter 9. Let's read verse 17 here. The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God, all those all those nations who, who turn away from God do not do according to God's word shall be turned into hell. 
Turn with me back to the fifth chapter. Let's read verse 12. For the Lord will bless the righteous. With favor wilt thou come with him as with a shield. You see, the righteous, the Lord is going to bless. We said that God punishes the nation who follows wickedness. We just said that for you in Psalms 9.17. He does. But not the individual who, who truly trusts in him, who truly is righteous, who truly walks in the paths of righteousness. Listen, we may be a part of a nation that is suffers the judgment of God. And it will affect us. But that nation at one point or another is going to be turned into hell and we the righteous in that nation are not going to be turned into hell. We are in life everlasting. With our blessed Lord and Savior, our Redeemer. One more passage of Scripture. Chapter 11 and verse 19. As righteousness tendeth life. What does righteousness tend to? Life eternal. Everlasting life. So he that pursueth evil, pursueth it to his own death. To his own destruction. I invite you to notice the H on the end of pursueth. That is, he pursues it all his life, and he pursues it right until the day he dies. He has not been redeemed. He, has, he was not righteous. He was a wicked man and pursued wickedness all the days of his life. Has turned in to utter destruction. So the Jews using that proverb, the fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth. Or what? Set on edge? Others have sinned. 
Now the children are being punished for it. The false saying was a false proverb. It was not according to the Word of God. And that's what God is instructing Ezekiel to reveal to those captives there in Babylon and Jeremiah revealing to the remaining in Jerusalem that that is not so. Every man shall be punished for his own sin and that is death. That is destruction. And every righteous man shall live. Shall have life. We'll go on with this next week.